0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, everyone? Thanks again for tuning in. The Golden Edge Podcast, Adam Hill, Ben Goats, beat writers for the Review Journal, covering the Golden Knights, taking you through everything that went on this week, all the big news and notes. And Ben, I don't know if you know this, we're available on iTunes now, it's very exciting. I heard, I could be wrong on this, it's the number one podcast in iTunes history?
1: I have heard a rumor, I have yet to confirm it, but I'm very excited about it.
0: We're going to look into that, for sure. But from where we sit here in the luxurious review journal studios, I think that we are the best podcast that's ever been on iTunes.
1: I like to think so. I mean we are sharing the same space as such luminaries as Bill Simmons. So I think that makes us Bill Simmons. No better. We are both. We okay. are semi is Bill semi? <laughs> I don't think that's I don't think that's the plural. Are you sure? No. Have you ever seen two Bill Simmons? I don't think the world knows.
0: No, but I'm also not sure that we are, in fact, number one on iTunes in history, but we're just saying it, so we're going to go with that. we got room to grow. Impressive. Uh, when you're not listening to us in the podcast, definitely check out uh, all of our coverage, along with you know some other people that contribute along the way, especially Dave Shane, our good friend, uh, who's all over the beat, and Ed Graney, throwing in the columns and everything else. ReviewJournal.com is where you can find everything you need to know about the Golden Knights on a daily basis, and then... I know most of your week you spend just hoping to hear the podcast, when's the next one coming out? Make sure uh, you you find the you find the podcast and uh, check us out each and every week, but in between time reviewjournal.com is where you're going to want to go uh, for all your Golden Knights coverage and it's a lot going on this week. There's a lot of a lot of developments, a lot of news. The Golden Knights are playing well, they're winning right now, so um, some good things going on in Golden Knights world. That we can talk about. Maybe much more positive than the last couple of times we've been here.
1: Yeah, the joys of having a team on a three-game winning streak for most Golden Knights fans after that rough start to the season. The homestand's going well. We said they need to get seven points on this five-game homestand. They got four out of two, so they just need three more out of these last three.
0: Uh, Math is confusing.
1: That's (laughs) why I got you. I got you. (laughs) Nobody
0: ever told me this was going to be a lot of math. I would have gone into another business. But you're right. Uh, four points out of the first two games, so a very, very good start to the homestand and some big, big games coming up the rest of the way. But a lot of news this week off the ice, Ben, and that really starts with Alex Tuck getting a big new contract. He hasn't played yet this year. He's still working his way back from injury, but he just got paid. Got paid a lot of money, but I think this
1: is a good deal for the Golden Knights. It could work out really well because they gave him a seven-year extension through 2025, 26 worth about a... million annually. And to me, Adam, this deal is so, so, so similar to the Shea Theodore deal we saw get done right before the regular season. He's a young guy. Alex Tuck is still 22. He hasn't made big money yet, and he's not eligible to become a free agent and make that big money for a while. He was going to set to be a restricted free agent this offseason with no arbitration rights. So basically the same boat that Shea Theodore was in this past offseason. They're going to avoid another situation like that. They lock up a young and kind of up-and-coming player. He had 37 points his rookie year. He's great on the forecheck. And if he reaches his full potential, he's probably a $6 million-a-year player. So they're potentially saving money over the lifetime of this deal and giving themselves cap certainty by
0: doing this now. Yeah, I mean, if, if he reaches his full potential, he might even be more than that. I mean, it, that, it, that would be if Alex Tuck becomes what he could possibly become, this is a steal uh, for the Golden Knights, no question about it. It's good for Alex Tuck to be locked in, to have some certainty of what his next few years is going to be about, to know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to be here in Las Vegas most likely. Uh, I don't have to worry about off-season negotiations. I don't have to play for a contract every year. I've got a really lucrative deal for the next few years to try to reach where my you know potential is. And as you said, when that contract ends, in his mind, if he is a superstar in the league, as he could potentially be, that's when he'll get a massive, massive contract. But... At the same time, it's, it's you know, stability for him. It's cost certainty for the Knights. And I think that's why they wanted to do this deal at this time where they can lock in. And, and McPhee said this, we have a little bit of cap space right now, but this locks us in for the next few years to say, okay, we've got a core guy that we really want to have around. We know exactly what he's making. We don't have to try to look at another contract and say, well, if we give this guy this, we might not be able to give Tuck this. Would we have to pick between this guy and Tuck? He's locked in just like Shea Theodore is locked in. And the, the team has kind of committed to the guys that were the Nucleus last year. They're pretty much locked. They are locking up a lot of these guys. Now, William Carlson is kind of the exception. He got the one-year deal. He's not around long-term. But, you know, they are they are committing, especially to the younger guys that are part of this core, and saying, we want to keep these guys together. We think that what happened last year was not a fluke. We think that, you know, if they're around and they continue to develop at this pace— They are going to be very, very good players, and they're going to be a key part of this team. This franchise has said the guys that we have are the guys that we want to roll with.
1: Right. And you mentioned that cap space. I mean, George McPhee mentioned it with the Shea Theodore signing. They have cap space because, obviously, they've been a team for only two seasons now. He's like, hey, if we don't use it, it does us no good. So might as well kind of use this advantage that we have right now of all this cap space, lock some guys up, get some cost certainty, and be good moving forward. And as you kind of mentioned at the top, like this is a good time for them to get this deal done. Alex is hurt. He hasn't played yet this season. So there really seems to be buying low here on a guy that has a lot of upside. And we'll see. He skated with them. The last time we saw them was Sunday because they had the day off Monday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. He was back at practice in a non-contact jersey, so it seems like he's inching closer to a return. And then we can see uh, if he starts living up to this new contract.
0: Just a little uh, insight into the uh, locker room and and what's going on there, Uh, as you you mentioned, the non-contact jersey. They've got the... Kind of the powder blue, sky blue, I baby blue. Like you're, baby blue. I think you're better at colors than me. I don't really know too many uh, colors. I guess. So yeah, we'll go with that one. But the best way to describe it, I would say, for those that haven't seen this particular non-contact jersey, it, it looks like a North Carolina jersey. I mean, that's pretty much how I think the best describe it with the you know that color and that that scheme, and you know Alex Tuck. Who's in that jersey was sitting in the locker room the other day wearing that jersey, but watching his Syracuse Orange play football against North Carolina, it was very confusing for him. Uh, it, so, that was, that was a, a, a funny kind of side note to that deal getting done and him sitting in the locker room watching this game. Uh, you know, he had, he had signed the deal the day before, he was kind of going through some rehab work and was waiting to talk to the media. And we were just kind of hanging out in the locker room waiting for him. He was watching the game, kind of asking us about the game, wearing that jersey. I don't think it was very comfortable. I, I wouldn't be able to wear, like, Ohio State colors and watch the Michigan-Ohio oh, State. Oh, I game. can't it wouldn't watch happen.
1: Wear Wisconsin colors. If you you're that.
0: a Minnesota fan?
1: Absolutely. That's
0: the rival for Minnesota? Why would that not be? They're right to the east. But isn't it kind They're of, right there. They are. Vikings, They're, Packers, Gophers, Badgers. It's a thing. That's true. The, the, okay, those are, those are legitimate. Those are real. I just feel like isn't it kind of one sided? Let's not go there. What kind of podcast is this? Well, <laughs> Got to bring me down in the middle of the podcast. I think people like to know about us <laughs> as well. Shouldn't you find like a new rival?
1: No, we'll get him one year. I believe we'll get uh, Paul Bunyan's axe back.
0: That is, that's the axe game. Yeah, okay, that's the axe that's, game. So it, the axe pretty much just lives in Madison. It's it's a Madison axe at this point.
1: One day, PJ Fleck, row the boat. Let's go. <laughs> I
0: don't know. If, I don't know if that's gonna happen. Uh, they, can cut, they can try to stay with it, I guess. Uh, but listen, good—I I think good job by the Knights, you know, committing, saying, you know, what we have here is is special. These guys that are that are going to be together, they're going to form the base of the team. They are they are going to be locked up long term. The fans are certainly in love with the players and the team. I don't think the team is getting like out of control, crazy, saying we're going to lock up all these guys and then getting locked into a position of oh boy, these guys aren't as good as we thought. What are we doing here? I think they're making pretty smart deals and locking up guys that have a lot of potential to really break out and emerge as stars. You know, when we talk about Theodore and Tuck and, and other guys too, but those are the main guys. Like, those guys seem like they are going to be legit stars.
1: Yeah, by the way, Alex Tuck understands that rivalry. He was in Minnesota for a while, with the Wild, before the Knights plucked him. I, I,
0: I don't think he does. You know what, next time I talk to him, I'm going to ask him. And if you're around, I'll make sure to also. He, I don't think even...
1: Probably not. Probably not. Um, but, yeah, I don't think these deals are going to hurt them. These are not extravagant deals for Tuck or Theodore. And, like we said, they give them cost certainty. What's potentially going to hurt them is the deals they're putting around these core guys where you've got a Max Pacioretty big extension, Paul Stasny, who hasn't uh, had a point yet this year because yeah. he's been hurt. He's got a three-year deal right now. Marc Andre Fleury just got a big extension. That, that's
0: still the contract that I shake my head at. I, I, still think, I still think the Fleury deal is going to be the one – that at some point in a year, two years down the road, and listen, I know that people hate hearing this. They I, I got the I got the feedback when we talked about this all off season. I know you guys don't like this, but it was a bad deal. It just was. At this age for a goaltender to sign that kind of extension, when there's no it's not like you had to keep him around. It's not like you were fighting. He still had another year under contract. Like it was a very weird deal to me. And I just feel like by the end of it, it's gonna be one where people are like, yeah, that's really putting you in a bad spot. That, that contract is really hurting you in other places. I just, I feel that for sure as, as good as Marc Andre Fleury has been for the organization, for the city. And as a player, I mean, it's, it goes beyond just what he is as, a, as an ambassador and a goodwill, you know, guy. He's been fantastic as a player. The last few games, he has been amazing. Was, you know, one of the top players in the whole NHL for the week.
1: Third star of the week
0: this past yeah. week. So, I mean, yes, he's been great. I just feel, you know, two, three years down the road. What is that contract going to look like? and, What's it going to prevent them from doing uh, from you know, a flexibility standpoint? That, that's the one that jumps out at me.
1: Yeah, but from these, for Tuck and Theodore, from a contract standpoint, I don't think we'll really hurt them, even though they haven't actually kicked in yet, so they'll start kicking yeah. in next year. But that didn't stop uh, Tuck's teammates from having him take them out to dinner, Adam, I heard.
0: Well, yeah, and listen, he has to do supposedly a full team dinner at some point. Uh, but as, as you just referenced, he's still on his rookie-level contract, it's not like he's got just you know millions in the bank right now, despite that extension. Uh, so he's going to have to do the team dinner at some point. He said he doesn't know where that's going to be yet. Uh, he'll find out. But he also, he's he's definitely trying, I don't know, I'm not going to say trying to get out of it. He's definitely trying to hedge a little bit because he was thrown out there like, uh, by the way, Shea still hasn't done his. Uh, he's like pointing around like, Marcia So never did one. <laughs> Like he's looking around at all these different guys in the room and like, Yeah, I don't know where their dinners are yet, so easy on mine. But for I like Tuck, that he's throwing Shea under the bus. That's some roommate heat right there. Yeah, that's true. And uh he also was at dinner uh with Shea Theodore the night that he signed his contract. Uh Shea, uh a couple other guys on the team were out at dinner and you know, Tuck said it was all, you know, celebratory and nice and hey, congratulations, and then as soon as the check came, Shea just took it and slid it on the table and said, Hey, that's yours. And he was like, wait a minute, I don't have a contract yet. But uh, those are the kind of things that happen. And he was getting, he said he was getting razzed very badly by his teammates, which makes sense. We didn't see it with him in the locker room. We saw it with Shea Theodore after he signed his contract. I mean, they were not shy about kind of going after him. Absolutely not, no. Especially Ryan Reeves was really a vocal flurry. Uh, Other guys were just, they were ready to go after Shea Theodore. It wasn't quite the same with Alex Tuck. And I think Alex Tuck is just kind of, he seems more of a... of like a quiet like I I don't know what I don't know if it's just what he portrays around media or if it's just what he is he like he just seems like a like a more sensitive quiet type I don't know if he's as good like he he did say he got razzed pretty badly last year uh by Derek England uh who I think sewed his pants his pant legs shut so he couldn't put his pants on uh and then he said you know it was England but I think Flurry had something to do with it as well I believe. Uh, that. I think they think they're going after him. I don't. So I don't know if it's going to be as bad with him because I don't know, you know, I don't know how how much I don't know how much he gives out. I don't know how much he dishes. So I don't think they're going to really go after him. Like I feel like Shea Theodore is more the guy that probably comes back at him, so they go after after him a little harder. Yeah, I so, agree with that. So we'll we'll we'll, find, we'll try to find out uh, exactly what's going on. But uh, Alex Tuck said he did get a lot of texts, a lot of jokes, a lot of uh, you know mocking from his teammates. But he was. You know, he's a guy who genuinely, like, signed the deal, and then you talk to him, and he was just so appreciative. He was like, "I, you know, I came out of college just trying to work hard and see what I could, if I could make my name for myself." And within a year, I'm getting this huge contract extension. It was just such a moment. His dad just happened to be in town on business. Uh, his dad was playing golf. Alex called him. Uh, he came over and he said, "Like, you know, the the most special moment of that day was that hug I had with my dad," which. As a not sensitive person at all, I was like, "Oh God," <laughs> but <laughs> I, I do get it. I, like, yeah. I get that that's a very, very cool moment, and the way he described it, I was like, "Oh, that that is that is a very cool opportunity to to be able to share something like that with your family." And that's you know, you, we think of professional athletes a lot of time as like, "Oh, these guys are just super rich and they're you know live these lavish lifestyles," but like a guy like him was making you know, good money for somebody his age, of course. But he's not he's not a millionaire. He's not. You know, he can't just go around and buy multi-million dollar houses and that sort of thing. As you said, he has a roommate. Yeah, he uh, Shea. Still. Great sitcom right there. Uh, so, Tuck and Shea. You know, so to, to make it, to actually genuinely make it, you don't, you're you not guaranteed, especially in hockey, you're not guaranteed at some point you're going to have this, this massive contract. So, like, it really was a genuine moment for him to be like, I've made it, and now I'm for the next, you know, seven years, I'm going to have a lot of money for sure, no matter what. This is great. It was just kind of a cool moment to see for him. So uh, congratulations to Alex Tuck on the deal and to the Golden Knights for locking up a very good player. And by the way, he is getting closer. You know, as you mentioned, we saw him out of practice, uh, kind of working his way back in. He's been skating a lot on his own after practice. Uh, He's still in the non-contact jersey, but he's participating. And it looks like he's getting close. And at that point, I feel there's zero there's zero question in my mind that he's going to slide in on the second line. Yep. Uh, I think uh, Hika probably goes down, uh, not only down line. I think they probably send him back down. Uh, but it, it's it will add a lot to that unit. Well, first of all, add a lot to the power play. He's really really good at you know carrying into the zone. He's really good in front of the net. There's a lot of things he can do really well on the power play. But I feel like he's really going to add punch to that second line. Who, um, as you can read about in the review journal. Nice plug. Check it out, reviewjournal.com. Uh, you know, that Howla, it was supposed to be Howla on the right wing with Pachoretti on the left and Stastny in the center and Stastny being that playmaker. And, you know, Stastny goes down, Howla slides over, Hika slides up. They're trying to figure things out. But so far this season, on the ice together, Howla and Pachoretti have not scored a goal. Like, no matter who that third person is on their line, no goals yet. It's starting it's it's starting to at least be some concern. I know Hala admitted that they they're frustrated and they're trying to figure it out and they're trying to work on it. Uh, but he said you can't really build chemistry just at practice or just in the game. It's really just about having success and getting the confidence in yourself and knowing like, hey, this is gonna work out. But I think adding a dynamic playmaker like Tuck, uh, a guy who can you know generate offense, who can help you out help out uh, in those areas that we talked about, like, that is going to help that line, I think, really add something. Now, it might not happen right away. Um, it, they might not even put him right on that line. I think they will. But, you know, it's it's going to be a process. But I think that is going to make that line much more dynamic and and create many more chances.
1: Yeah, I think they're definitely missing a guy like him, especially on that line, a guy that really does the dirty work and is willing to make some hard checks and get the puck back to his teammates to make plays. I think they've really been missing that, especially, as you mentioned, on the power play. The net front guys that they have been using are just not guys that you're that excited to see on the power play, especially their second unit right now, is not a lot of guys that I think you have a ton of confidence in that are going to make a big impact on the power play. So if you add a guy like Tuck to that second unit, all of a sudden there's a guy that you have to worry about there in addition to a Colin Miller or a Shea Theater kind of quarterbacking it from the blue line. And that gives them depth that I think they're kind of lacking on the power play right now and kind of throughout their lineup because you mentioned they got... Kika called up and playing a lot of minutes for a guy that's been a pretty recent call-up, a guy that started the year in the minors. That third line, I think, still could use a little extra punch. So if you get tucked back, that just adds depth throughout your lineup. And I think that gives Gerard Gallant a lot more options to play with, which is something I think they don't have a lot of options to play with right now. And they don't have a lot to tinker with because they're just kind of short-handed.
0: Who did you mention as the quarterbacks on the power play? Shea Theodore. Uh, yeah, and Colin Miller? Yeah. You're missing one there, buddy.
1: Well, that's on the top one. I was talking about the second unit. <laughs> okay, okay. Brad yeah, Hunt. Right. Uh, Brad Hunt is just holding it down right now. Absolutely. He's on the number one unit, though, okay, for good fair. reason. That's fair. Because uh, they only score power play goals when Brad Hunt's on the ice.
0: That is true. And that's that's part of what has taken place uh, with the Golden Knights, as, as as we kind of referenced earlier, and that we'll get into more on the ice. This is a team that all of a sudden— Looks like they're playing really well again. I mean, I don't think they've and they can everything. score goals. Yeah, they can't. I mean, there's still I think there's still some frustration with you know lack of finishing in a lot of cases. But they are getting a lot of shots right now. They're generating a lot of chances, and it's it's a much different look to the team uh, than the last couple of podcasts that we've done and talked about. Uh, the team right now with three wins in a row, first winning streak of the season. Uh, they are really you know buzzing around and starting to do some of the things that they did uh last year i mean they came they got the win in philadelphia in a game they really didn't play that well they stole the win at the end because flurry was amazing they come home they get a win where they look good you're like okay that's that's starting to look like golden knights hockey again and then then just generate like a million chances uh in the in uh the anaheim game where that
1: game had no right being close if not for john no. gibson yeah he
0: was he was fantastic he's been and, incredible this year um you know, after the game, we heard Jurgen say they probably should have had six or seven goals, maybe even more. Uh, that's that's should have been the reward for how they played. That was that was a blueprint of what they want to do. That's a, that's how they want to play. Uh, that's that's what they want to duplicate going forward. And again, we mentioned the second line. Patrety still hasn't scored on that second line. His one goal uh, was a six on five against Minnesota, but you know he had four shots. He had some pretty good looks. They're starting to to generate you know shots all up and down the lineup. That's good. That's what they want to do. It's it's when the team is able to roll all four lines and play effectively at all four lines. That's when they're good. And Patrick already talked about the fact that it's it's a competition, and you want to make you know you want to you want to make yourself um, you want to force the coach into making decisions to put you on the ice and to you put your unit on the ice. And right now they've got that kind of healthy competition. They're trying to uh, you know to fight for their ice time, and then they're all. They're all doing a good job getting to the net, even if they're not finishing right now. They look good right now.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting because Pacioretty has usually played about 18 and a half, 19 minutes the last five seasons at Montreal. He's at 16 and a half right now with the second line. And I think it's because, as you mentioned, that healthy competition, where the fourth line with Ryan Reese, William Carrier, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, they're playing really well. and they're Really well. And they're generating a ton of chances. So you want to put those guys on the ice. Like, they are deserving of that extra ice time. I mean, Ryan Reeves scored in the last game against the Anaheim Ducks. They could have scored against Buffalo. That fourth line had more shots in that Buffalo game than the Sabers' first line. Yeah. So, I mean, they were playing really well in that game too. And so there's a lot of guys that deserve ice time right now. And so you're seeing it cut into a guy like Pacioretty's ice time. And so it's kind of interesting that they're building the depth in that aspect that they had last year because that was one of their big – things last year is that it was all four lines could be dangerous and that's what made him such uh interesting team compared to other teams that maybe stack one or two lines and then their depth isn't as strong
0: yeah and you, you usually look at that fourth line even even teams with effective fourth lines it's more that they're just really good on the four check or they're really good at you know you know maybe just giving the the top two lines you know a breather and hey we, we trust them to be out there they're not going to give up a goal they're not going to hurt us in this case, it's a fourth line that is not only not going to hurt you. They are going to generate their own chances. They're going to be effective in their own right. Um, it's v- it's a huge luxury uh, for the Golden Knights to have those guys. And as you mentioned, Ryan Reeves coming off a goal. And I, it was a pretty it was a pretty impressive goal. It wasn't just one of those you know pure power like let's just jam it into the net. Like he had to go get it on the rebound and made a pretty athletic play on it. Yeah, and keep
1: these guys are still good on the forecheck, too. I mean, Belmar said, you do not want to see either of those guys in the corners. I mean, Reeves or Carrier will blow you up. And so it's been a really good week for them, especially because Ryan Reeves, now social influencer, after posting that Twitter video
0: saying, get out of the left lane, everybody. And I guess people are. It's working. It's working according to him. Now, I don't know how much of that is true, but for those that didn't see it, uh, the Golden Knights posted a video Ryan Reeves was talking about how he's very frustrated with Vegas drivers that just like to drive in the left lane. And he said, you know it's just for passing and going fast, get over, move over. And he told us, I don't know what happened, but I was driving and everybody was moving out of that lane. It's working. People are listening. So I don't know if they're just listening uh, to the, if they're listening there, if they're listening to, to us tell you about what's going on with him, but he's very happy. He's pleased with the progress you guys are making out there. So good job, keep it up. Stay out of the left lane. If you see Ryan Reeves around, and uh, if he keeps scoring goals, people are definitely going to move over for him. Absolutely, there's no question about that. uh, That people will uh, respect that left lane for Ryan Reeves if he keeps playing the way that he's playing, along with his line mates. That has been a very impressive line for them, and so has, as we just mentioned, Brad Hunt. You know, he's a guy who just affable, just good dude, always. Chatting, always willing to have a conversation with anyone, a great influence in the locker room, and I think that's why he's been so good as just a roster player who often is a healthy scratch, but he just waits for his time, loves playing the game, is fine, you know, sitting out 12 games in a row and then getting the one big opportunity. And he's gotten a chance the last two games to play with the injury to Derek England, and he's taken full advantage. Yeah, he's played really well. And he is a guy, uh, I wrote this before his debut,
1: I mean, I think it was the 79th NHL game, and he still acted like it was his first. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who just—and it's all genuine with this guy. I mean, I think he's one of the few, like, universally beloved players in that locker room. where you just talk to him, and he's like, "Yeah, whenever you play an NHL game, it's a great opportunity. It's, it's a, a fun- great day."
0: He's you. Yeah, he's the you of the of the Golden Knights. <laughs> Except that, I'm slightly taller. You're much much taller, but I think the the jovial attitude, which. <laughs> Like comes across as totally fake, no, no until you know, you, until you know you, and you're like, because I think for the most part you look at people that the are happy. Savage Ben podcast. So you, you, look, you look at people that are happy, and you're like, why are you so happy? What is going on with you? And then you get to know them, and you're like, you're just happy. That's weird. And, and I don't mean you. I mean everyone that's happy. But he just he like you, just is a happy person.
1: Me and Brad Hunt, bros, be- U- bees U- in a pod, <laughs> two bees in a pod. Yes,
0: that is, yes, yes, B, you got the B name, it's perfect. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he is just a, he's a delight to be around, I'll say that. And I never say that about anybody, and I'm not saying it about you either. That's fair. I'm thinking just about him, uh, and it, it's good to see him get his chance, but at the same time, you want to see him get his chance because you're just happy for him, but he's Playing well too. I so he deserves Hunt. to play yeah, right now. Yeah, and, and uh, no question about it. And so he's been
1: playing because Derek Englin is hurt, and I'm kind of interested to see what they do when Englin is healthy enough to play. Because I think Brad Hunt has kind of earned his opportunity to stay in the lineup. As I said, they have only scored a power play goal when Brad Hunt is on the ice. Facts only, right there. they, yeah, they have true. two power play goals with Brad Hunt on the ice. They have none without him on the ice. Well,
0: that's. Well, I think we're we have to debate on that because technically. I think only one was power play, right? I think they only, ca- cause one, like the power play ended just as the goal was going in. I think it's due. We can, we can, admit, okay. Uh, I like, um, just because I, I thought, I thought that watching the game and, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen both stats actually. So I think different places are scoring it differently. Cause it was one of those cases where it happened, uh, right at the end of a power play on one of the goals. So, um, but yeah, it's, and you don't have to be quiet you can correct me you know that's your niceness you're trying to point over like no you're wrong it's two. just say it that you're wrong you're an idiot it's two. uh but yeah it's he has added a he definitely added that dimension and broke the glass yeah at the practice he's facility. got a great shot he's got a really impressive shot from that blue line yeah. uh the the silent happy assassin i guess we could uh we could go with for him but um yeah of, of just a uh a good story for him to be able to be playing and to uh you know to to be a part of the success uh, that the golden Knights are having right now so getting close to getting tuck back looks like England is close we thought he might play the other day because he was practicing in full didn't go he's getting close to coming back although gonna be tough to say you know hunt you're out of here and uh and England's back in uh the way that that he's going right now so he's he's forcing them to make tough decisions as we talked about. Uh, with Patrick ready in the second line earlier that's what they want to do as well that's what you want out of a team you want tough decisions of hey who's going to play today because everybody's playing well he's forcing them into that tough decision and uh, things are going well for the golden knights right now the three-game winning streak right back in the mix and i think quieting a little bit of not that there was panic but a little bit of the questions of what's going on they've quieted those down and i think that's important uh, for the golden knights right now
1: yeah absolutely they're right back in it. I said 4-4. Four and four. They've got a couple of big home games coming up. They've got Vancouver this week, who's playing
0: surprisingly
1: well yeah. to start the year. I'm very impressed by them so far. Then the Tampa Bay Lightning, which will be a huge game. Uh, the Lightning were my pick to win the Stanley Cup before the year. So undoubtedly, they're going to have a horrible, horrible season somehow. <laughs> uh, but they have a ton of star, star power on that team. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Knights handle that. Because last year... They got a big win against them, kind of around the same time, and that really seemed to be what springboarded them, or at least to me, really got on my radar. Is okay, this is no longer just a good story. Yeah. This team might be for real if they can handle a Lightning team,
0: especially because it was it was a weird, you know, kind of a you know early season. It was early season, but it was the Golden Knights have been playing really well, but is where are they? And it wasn't like the Lightning came in and didn't play well. The Lightning played really well, the Knights played really well, and the Knights got a late goal, and it was a huge message game. It was a statement game to say, hey, this team actually could be a contender, they actually could be for real, and uh, thank you for bringing that game up, because that will be the focus of our our story later in the week about um, exactly what the memories were of that game, especially from Shea Theodore scoring that late goal. So make sure you check out ReviewJournal.com for that later in the week, but... Uh, we'll have coverage of all of those games plus everything else that goes on in Golden Knights land at ReviewJournal.com. And follow on Twitter as well. At ben the, S. Goats. The, the, the S throws me off every time. Yeah, Every I like time. Because my initials and are B.S. Goats. I'll tell you the other one, at David Shane, LVRJ, I think mm-hmm. it is. Yep. I'm way off on that all the time too. David instead of Dave, that one throws me off tricky. Mine throws everybody off because it's three straight L's, Adam Hill, LVRJ. Follow there as well. All those spots, you can find all of your Golden Knights information. And here with us on the podcast each and every week, which you can find where? On iTunes. Number one podcast in iTunes history according to us. In the world. According to us. We have cited that. That is right up there with the Bill Semi. <laughs> but I don't think we yeah. should say that. One I, think Bill, <laughs> I don't think he's going to like us for saying that. Not that I don't think he here. likes a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true too. You know what? Don't listen to his podcast. Just listen to ours. Listen to find out about the Golden Knights and add to the numbers of the number one. Don't you want to be like everyone else and listen to the podcast everyone else in the world is listening to? Then you, that's what you want to check peer pressure out uh, here with the Golden Edge from the lovely Review Journal Studios here in Las Vegas. We have to go out to practice, but first you can find us. Facebook Live, find our videos. We'll answer your questions in the mailbag. And don't forget if you have questions for us here on the podcast or for our mailbag uh, videos that we do or anything else, send them along on any of those Twitter sites or uh, you can find our email. You can. There's ways to find us. We promise you that. We're not hiding. Uh, definitely check us out and uh, send us along your questions, comments, feedback. Anything you want. And thank you to everybody for making us the number one podcast in iTunes history. We appreciate that. Couldn't have done and, it without uh, you. That is literally true. We couldn't have if they weren't all listening. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys again real soon. for Ben Goats, Adam Hill, and our esteemed producer, Larry Meir. We'll talk to you guys again real soon.